Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show uh, Indoor Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me today for the first time in 2024, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach and AD Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. It's a it's a far cry from the last time we spoke when I was in uh, sunny San Diego <laughs> back in uh, it might, might it was almost July, but it, it was late, yes. late June. Um, yeah, the weather's a little different today. Got to get our weather talk in now. Right well, in the opening where it's going to be in the fifties next week, so uh, or, or during vacation week, so. We're we're already. Uh, it feels like we're going to be in a good place. Uh, but yeah, excited to be back. Excited to be back here with you today, and uh, you know, give our listeners a little taste of the upcoming season and what's been going on. Maybe touch on the the college season a little bit, and uh, just some random things that have been yeah. on our minds for for you know the last eight or nine months or whatever it's been. Yeah, and I I say indoor edition, even though we're clearly not at the sportsplex right now, uh, and the indoor is off uh, this week. So if you are coming to the website looking for highlights and you don't see them um don't panic uh, there there are none we return to action on the backside of vacation week there we got one last regular season game and then the teams uh make the tournament after that and um you know and then we finish up in indoor for the year and uh you know this is also usually the point where i can i tell you that you can listen to us on whatever day we're usually posting this uh and i had been saying mondays but uh those of you uh devoted listeners if you if you were there last Monday, uh, you know there was no podcast, and I'm going to – I'll be, you know, complete transparency here. Uh, the reason for that is because uh, my uh, – I, I don't know how else to put it, my dumbass left the house to go to the sportsplex on Sunday and left all the podcast stuff at home, and I realized that when I pulled into the parking lot. I thought uh, you were going to tell us maybe you had AT&T service. Or something <laughs> I do also have AT&T Ooh, service. That's but, a bad uh, combo yeah, lately. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, uh, I, I pulled into the Sportsplex parking lot, um, you know, for, for that Sunday and looked at the seat. You usually I put all that stuff in the seat next to me, the passenger seat. I looked at it and I went, oh, something. Well, that just means we'll get double. We'll get double. There, there we right? go. There we all go. Right. Hopefully. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you can listen to us. Um, we'll have a couple more weeks of indoor, um, posting podcasts, uh, on Mondays, following the same kind of format, talking to a couple kids each week. Um, and then we start, uh, we're going to start for real. Uh, on March 14th, you will be able to listen to the first uh, Boys Lacrosse podcast. Um, we'll talk about some changes that have been made, some new we'll rules. We'll have had the coaches meeting by then. We'll yep. talk about the rule changes, points of emphasis for the upcoming season, get into, get into some of our previews like we normally do, D1, D2, D3. I'll hold off. I won't do this today. Um, I will hold off to start that week. But I, I feel like I'm going to do a weekly, uh, come up with a weekly uh, segment of why I'm mad that the championship games are not at one location. What uh, or come up Joe's come up gears. with something to say new about that every week. That's going to be my challenge. All right. Uh, for this, but I'll wait. I'll wait till then. I don't want to do that today. Okay. Uh, although I could. Uh, I will. I will put a plug in too. If you haven't had a chance to, uh, if you haven't been listening to the podcast, the indoor edition all winter, go back and, and give it a listen. The uh, the kids are really impressive. Uh, yeah. The guys yes. and girls that you've interviewed. I mean, most of them. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they're they're committed, right? They're, they're, they're um, most, seniors. The of uh, most of them have been are committed. Yeah. 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 But they, I mean, just really well-spoken kids representing their schools really well. Uh, definitely worth a listen if you if you haven't had a chance to go back and, and hear them yet. Yeah, it's um, I, I've been pleasantly surprised about how they've gone. Um, you know, not that I was expecting you know one-word answer kind of things, but I think they've exceeded even the expectations I've had. So it's been uh, been very impressive, 
and uh, and hope hopefully that continues. Um, but of course, and you can also go back and listen to other shows um, either on the website nh-highschoolsports.com or uh, on Spotify. If you go and search Ninth State Sports Show, gives you all the podcasts, not just for lacrosse, but for field hockey, for football. Um, you know, if you want to go back and listen to uh, a, a lacrosse podcast from 2018. It's right there. Football from 2019, that's right there. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty exciting um, to have those, or it's exciting to me to have those, to be able to kind of fall back on, you know, if we need some uh, some references. Of course, you can always follow the show, uh, or follow the website on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at at Sports. And uh, I would even say I would even say for listeners that, you know, aren't quite ready for lacrosse yet or still, you know, their teams are still in uh, winter sports mode here. I just had to I just had to go to Joe's website right now to find out the the tiebreakers for my girls basketball team there. So there's a lot of a lot of really good content, a lot of timely content about the winter going on right now. Some great articles. Uh, So, yeah, go check it out. I'll tell you. Nobody does a better job of figuring out the NHIA, probably better than the NHIA does. Um. I mean, I'll take they it. Should I'll, hire ta- you. I'll take they it. Should hire I'll you. take it. But um, I, I don't. You know, I there's the problem is is that there's so many. Sometimes there's so many uh, permutations of what what can happen um, that I get to the end of the standing. You know, I was just telling you before we started. Division one boys basketball right now has the potential for a six team tie <laughs> for the last five playoff spots. Yeah. So basically, one team that'll be it could be in that cluster would not get in. So trying to figure out every single scenario that could happen there makes me want to. I'd say pull my hair out, but I don't really have much of that. Well, left, I can so. tell you from a coaching standpoint, I really appreciate it because it is like you do a great job, and oftentimes, you know, in the uh, in the weeks, probably what do you started about maybe three, I think, four I think weeks this, before this year. Well, it was this year was a little earlier. We started in I want to say like mid January. Usually, yeah. I usually I try to wait until everybody's played like five I or mean, six games in, ba- huge, in basketball. That's a huge uh, service to the coaches and to the kids to kind of look ahead and say, okay, you know, down the stretch, we're going to think we're we're thinking about playing these teams. We got to start preparing for this. Time type of team that we're going to see um i know i've utilized that in the spring in in years past um so again great 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 job joe thanks Uh, yeah it's uh for some reason the fall sports and the spring sports maybe it's just because i'm looking at at, at divisions that have fewer teams or not everybody plays the same number of games so there's you know and you have you know cross division games which gives you different amounts of points in, in lacrosse um I want to you put know, you so on the spot. Changes. What's the what's the deepest you've ever had to go to to a tiebreaker to get? Can you? Well, it's it's tough because football sometimes has to go deep because you just don't play right. as many like tournament teams. So sometimes there was one year where I want to say like Nashua South, BG, and Merrimack all beat each other. They all played the same schedule and beat all of the same teams. So it was like it, it went all the way down. I want to say to like whatever the ninth. It was like who who beat who at home. <laughs> like, so what it was like we go we go head to head. Then you go then record versus playoff teams. Ra- rating against playoff rating. teams. Quality of of wins against playoff teams, which is who they've how their right ratings against playoff teams or how they've the the you know how many wins versus divided by how many total games against playoff teams of 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 playoff teams that you've beaten. Sure. Um, then I think it goes like road wins in the division, home wins in the division, road wins overall, home wins overall, 
and then it's like best win maybe against like who has the highest win or it might even just be we flip a the committee eventually flips a coin. no eventually it does it is, go to it a does, coin yeah, flip it does actually like, say it, it, at one point they got to end it and they just go to a coin yeah. flip um, yeah. so you can see I mean you can see why you know a lot of coaches would be like I, I just this is too much I can't figure this out and so <laughs> um, all right well we didn't want to take the whole show to talk about tiebreakers although I mean I I probably could spend a whole <laughs> show talking about them and and I don't think any I think by about now everybody might have turned it off. Um, but we were going to talk, you know, we wanted to talk today just about a couple things that have been kind of percolating for the last, uh, what, like I said, eight or nine months since we, we did the last podcast. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up with you, I've been noticing you, you sharing on, on social media, uh, your, your 6am workout crew, uh, which I got to tell you, I think back to when I was in high school and, uh, I couldn't imagine, you know, not just getting up at 6am. Um, I was definitely one of those kids like rolled out of bed, you know, rinsed off had a pop tart and got hopped on the bus um getting up to go work out at six o'clock in the morning before i then went to school i i can't i can't imagine doing that but you've had a pretty committed group doing it they've had a great it's it's a really committed group and um you know we've had a lot of fun doing it um you know you brought up high school right i um i tell everybody that um to this day, obviously, I love lacrosse, but some of my best friends came from the swim team that I was a part of, and we used to get up uh, and work out in the mornings all the time. We, I mean, I was getting up at 5, 5.30. We were working out at 6 before school, and then you go out practice in the afternoon. And so for me, I know that was, that was what I kind of grew up with. And when these guys came to me at the end of the fall season and kind of said, hey, coach, you know what, we want to get some lifts in. This is a time where the whole team can be together. And, yeah, part of it is the conditioning piece like they do. They want to they work out. Um, but with our schedule here at school, they have free blocks, and they can kind of pop in and out of the weight room. Um, my assistant here uh, is our full-time fitness director, so she can create workouts for them. This was more about finding a time where the guys could all be together, uh, get to know the freshmen a little bit, build some build some team bonding and chemistry, um, and just have some fun in the mornings. I mean, I – you know, yes, some of the pictures like they're they're kind of posing, but like they're having fun. Like they were in there, we got music going, uh, and the guy, you know, they're we're bringing in, we're doing breakfast afterwards and stuff like that. It's it's a lot of fun, um, and it's a good way to kind of kick off kick off the spring and for the seniors to develop some leadership and get the uh, get the younger kids on board with like this is the work we got to put in to try and get back to where we want to be at the end of the season. Yeah, I think back to like just talking about you know. I could never picture myself doing that. We were always post, you know, after school, after practice, yep. running track. Uh, and I and I put running in, in air quotes uh, there because, uh, you know, we, we you know. The, I the, bet you, the, the group you of, would surprise yourself. If, you're, if you can, you know, if you get to bed at a decent time, I mean, let's say even you're going to bed at 10 o'clock, right? You get two hours on the front side of that. You get another, you're, getting, you're getting seven or eight hours of sleep if you, if you discipline yourself and get up. And I'll tell you what these kids, a lot of these, and I'm finding it too, is like, I'm actually more energized in the morning afterwards oh, yeah, when I do. Yeah. I will freely admit, three, four o'clock, I'm crashing a little bit, or I got to have a cup of coffee. But um, you know, uh, for reader or for listeners out there that have ever read the book Spark or other things like that, there's a lot of studies out there that show that you know physical exercise in the morning, like they've even talked about, like should we start school later and do you know PE yeah. or sports in the morning because it, it definitely. Uh, kickstarts your day and, and engages your brain um but i do feel the crash i, I the feel afternoon. like i feel like those studies of um should we have school early start school later i mean excuse me um those have existed for a while because i remember <laughs> thinking in high school yeah i'd love to I'd start love school yeah, right. later i was i was much more of a night owl yeah. in those days uh so yeah six o'clock 
workouts were not. Or they were done uh, in Texas, where it's ninety degrees in the afternoon. You gotta you gotta work you gotta out work out in that that early. Yeah. I just think too. I mean, well, and I was I was uh, telling you um, before we started. You know, it made me think. You know, back to when I the, around the time that I moved back up here. Um, you know, mid two thousands. Yep. You know, a lot of the stories that you saw about, you know, if, if programs were going to we're, we're turning our program around, we've got new coaches in and, you know, where we just built this new weight room. That was that was how programs. And, and I think maybe specifically I'm thinking football programs. If I if I look, you know, where to look back on it, you know, how are we changing the culture? How are we right. changing our trajectory? Well, we're getting in the weight room. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny to think about that. You know, that's almost what, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, now it's like. I, I don't think there I can't imagine that there are many programs, especially successful ones that don't have some kind of workout. If they're not working out together, they don't have some kind of workout they're working plan out on the outside. Yeah, they're that, that putting people in the work. are. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every year I tell my guys like and, and I think a lot of programs are like this now. We don't when you and I grew up, I, I know in pra- I can vividly remember days in practice thinking, looking at my watch, being like, oh, crap, we are running sprints today. Like, we are, <laughs> like, there is not enough time left in practice. Our coaches don't have enough to do. We're doing 20 or 30 minutes of sprint work. I tell all my guys, like, we don't have time to do that. Like, if we don't come in in shape in season, lesson learned. We're not going to be very good this year, right? We don't have time to waste doing conditioning during the season. I tell the guys, we got to put in the work outside the season. And our practices are designed that if you go hard during drills, you are going to be in shape or you're going to get in shape quickly. But we are not going to do straight sprint work. We're not going to do that kind of stuff during the season. I would say the majority of my higher-end guys do some maintenance lifting during the season to kind of make sure that they're maintaining and staying at the level they're at. But, you know, they're not doing heavy lifting throughout the week and stuff like that. you got to put in the time and the effort uh, at the, before the season starts or, or you're just not going to have a good season. See, I never had to wonder if we were running sprints uh, during practices because that's what we – I mean, that's what, what we did was sprint. So, um, hey, There are certain sports where, like, where you sure, do Sure, yeah, that, where you have to you do know? that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can imagine most football practices end or have some – contain some of that at some point. I even think, like, know. girls lacrosse is a little bit different too. Like, I think it does make sense to do more cardio yeah, during need, or, yeah. or, or soccer, right, where, like – there's more back and constant back and forth for longer periods of time where if you really look at boys lacrosse, it's a pretty it's a stop start, pretty explosive sport, right? Where you're you're doing a 10 yard burst and then you're kind of maybe you're stagnant for a little bit. And then, you know, again, another 10, 20 yard burst. Right. And so it's not yeah, a you're yeah, not how many miles and yeah. miles and miles during a practice. How many guys do you have that that go the full length of the field? Maybe right. maybe a handful. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. and so it's more of that explosive training that you need to do in the off season. There, did you have a favorite? Uh, you know, in high school when you were, you know, doing all that stuff. Did you, did you have a favorite thing in the uh, the weight room that you like? This was you're like, this is my this is my lift. So I will tell you, I will tell you, in high school, um, my lifting was more of a um, circuit workout from the from the swim team. We really did not lift as a high school program. Again, it was kind of like the guys who played football; they were doing the lifting there, but it hadn't really lacrosse still hadn't gotten to the point where like you were doing team lifts and things like that I actually remember the summer before going to college hiring a personal trainer because I was scared out of my mind that like we were going to have <laughs> yeah, a workout yeah. routine and I knew nothing like right. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do and then once I got to college um I gotta tell you still to this day my favorite I, I love doing the Olympic lifts I love doing hand cleans um I think for goalies and for a lot of positions like uh, it's an explosive lift. You start in a static position, but then you instantly explode into, uh, you know, an, an explosive lift. And I think it simulates a lot of what you need to do. 
Um, we've also moved to a training program that um, starts to get away from, you know, back squats and things that load up weight and compress, you know, the spine and other things like that and do the, to get the same results, but in safer ways. Right. And, um, you know, I think, I think, again, some of the injuries I've had and now experience as an older adult, uh, we just didn't have the knowledge back then. Sure. Right? And oh, yeah. so a lot of these training programs now are really focused on uh, functional movement, right? Like doing lifts and movements that are going to translate out into the field and also keep you safer and not, you know, uh, create injuries, overuse injuries. There's a big emphasis on uh, stretching and making sure that, you know, if you can't touch your toes, why can't you touch your toes right now, right? There's an imbalance someplace there. You're not flexible enough, right? And until you can do that, um, we want to make sure that, you know, we're not putting you in a position in the weight room that's going to cause more harm than it is good, right? It's great to build muscle, but then all of a sudden, if you're pulling that muscle or you can't move, then it does no good. Um, I mean, that's where I've really been impressed is a lot of my guys, like they put on muscle, but they're still explosive and they're, they're, they're actually moving faster than they've ever moved before. See my 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 favorite uh, lift when I was in when high school was much much different. I I, uh, I enjoyed the calf raises. You know, you put oh yeah put the yeah yeah on, because I had I always had you know calves of a god because I ran so much. My calves were huge. My calves still are kind of huge, and I could throw like a couple forty fives on that thing and just you know like it was nothing. It was like the only thing I could lift. But, but you know, I look like it's like wh- why are your well, you know you can't do anything else, Joe? But why are your calves? insane well it's because i probably because i ran a lot i always like the pasta lift too after the pasta the, lift, the pasta lift. Oh. You, know, you go the pasta dinners right you gotta lift the <laughs> fork with the pasta and you know yeah. you know, those were we didn't really you know try the track team didn't really do that quite as much no. i think as other other sports did but i i definitely had my fair share of pasta uh growing up especially you know the, the italian side of the family uh remember one time my 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 grandmother staying up with us for a week and uh making spaghetti one night literally 10 pounds of spaghetti i think that's all we had for the rest of the week but yeah you know just to build off of that i think that it's the shared experiences right the weight room yeah the definitely like that 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 make a difference there and uh you know since we started posting those things too i've seen a lot uh you know we, uh, on social media i've seen uh merrimack valley doing some stuff i've seen bedford doing some stuff there's a bunch of teams that are all doing some kind of preseason stuff uh, and yeah. for same same type of thing right you're you're engaging your players and and you know, building the, the chemistry before the season even starts. Yeah, Londonderry programs have been through a yeah. lot of those. I saw Nashua North was having some, you know, girls were having some early morning uh, sessions in the gym, you know, just look like throwing the ball around or throwing or doing some wall ball early on, uh, you know, before school. So, yeah, a lot everybody's gearing up. It's, uh, you know, I, I was – we're well, we're past a month or less than a month. We're less than that. Well, people have been anxious. Three like, weeks or so. Really, I mean, you know, we've had some snow, we've had some cold, but it really hasn't been. No. You know, I think people are bored too. They're itching to get out and do something because, like, you haven't had the the normal winter, and maybe people aren't skiing and snowboarding and doing stuff like that like they've normally did. And they're like, well, if Mother Nature I isn't going to yeah, cooperate, yeah. then we might as well move on to uh, move on to the next season. If we're not going to have snow, then we might as well, you know, at least get some mild weather and get outside and do I mean, something. you were there the yeah. other week we got to play we got to play indoor indoor, indoor outdoor games yeah. yeah yeah i thought i didn't think about that until i was actually standing there and i was going to post a picture on instagram and i was like hey indoor lacrosse wait a minute i'm outside uh it was pretty cool it like, was, it was yeah. there was some high level lacrosse being played on a you know we turned the turn the fields uh sideways there and and sort of played a, a sixes style of play outdoors it was a lot of fun 
Yeah, I've always uh, – you kind of mentioned it because the, the PLL has just been doing that, did that last week. I remember watching that for the first time and thinking, hey, this kind of looks like indoor league. Like that's, that's – um, you know, it's kind of funny that those kind of mimic that. I know it's a different number of guys on the field and you don't – you know, you're not – you're full field, I think, on that. But, you know, same kind of – looks the same. Looks the same. It was pretty cool to see lacrosse, you know, lacrosse at the professional level uh, being played right now. Yeah. You know, there is there is actually one. So we're talking about things that, that kind of have lingered maybe in the last uh, few months. Um, you know, one thing that I, you know, watching over the summer, um, the PLL over the summer, you know, they, they had some rule changes uh, specifically off face-offs. Um, with, I think we might have talked about it a little bit when it first started. But I think as you saw the season kind of unfold, there's some strategy involved that I thought was really interesting. Obviously, nothing that could happen at the high school level because there's no shot clock. But, um, you know, the whole thing with the shorter shot clock on a face-off. Right. It almost de-emphasized. It de- yeah, teams were, teams teams were just were almost, giving up on face-offs. Yeah, they weren't rostering some really good players <laughs> at the end of the season. I think, right. I think, I think they will... You know, I, I'll be very honest with you. I haven't kept up with it since then, but um, I would be surprised. I think, I think, you know, those are some of the stars of the game, and you want them out there. And so, I think they'll make some adjustments to that as the as the years go. My on. God, I, I I had I meant to go and look, but I feel like the top faceoff guys were on the teams that were at the bottom of the standings. Which, I mean, you wouldn't, you would never have guessed that. I, right. I feel like, yeah, it was, I thought that was pretty, pretty an interesting uh, change there, and certainly, you know you know uh doing a little extracurriculars too with the with watching lacrosse it was definitely something i was taking into account you know in terms of uh in terms of uh you know like going on to DraftKings and stuff like that but yeah speaking of which just for fun purposes there t- uh you had a you had a uh you had a big fun day the other day didn't you have a like a I had like a five six leg five, six, six leg, leg parlay that uh yeah on the college games that uh that hit straight um, up win- i will had winners uh, five of them were straight up winners, and then the over under. Oh, yeah. uh, I took the I took under twenty five and a half on the Maryland Syracuse game yeah. that ended at twenty five. You had to be getting. I was gonna say you had to be getting a little nervous at the end. I t- I didn't watch the the whole game, um, but yeah, the early fourth quarter when it was like eleven ten, I was like, oh well, there goes that. But uh, well, you mentioned that one, and then a couple weeks before, I told you about. It, I had another six leg one that I lost on Johns Hopkins, you know, blowing that lead and losing in overtime to to denver uh which i had picked them that week too yeah i was not yeah. happy about that game yeah, but so. uh but that's a good transition i mean into the into the winter season here i mean i can't believe I, I mean when i was playing we maybe started to have scrimmages late in february and you know we would go down to north carolina or florida in early march to kind of get those first games and and now i mean it was the first week of february and teams, right. were, yeah. teams were playing yeah. it was on some level, I feel bad for those kids. I mean, I was happy because I got to sit on my couch and watch some good lacrosse sure. games. Um, you know, and you mentioned the Cuse game there. Uh, Nate Levine from Wyndham is getting some run. He's been all – I think last year he was playing pole. He's back to short stick now. Um, so he's getting some run. That was pretty cool to see. Um, you know, I've got a bunch of guys written down. Did you any, Anybody stand out to I you? Mean, I know we've been, I know we've been texting, texting back and forth at times about your guys. You're, you're the guys that – Colgate, yep. uh, your you know your your school, um, just but what they've been doing. I mean, those Patty are, Eldridge, yeah. uh, Michael Kiley, and Hunter Druin all all played uh, New Hampshire Tomahawks and and you know grew up in the New Hampshire area here. They're they're playing really well right now. Colgate three and two had a tough loss to to Yale the other day, but have been super competitive in every every game they played. 
um, so far. I know I was uh, that that opening game against uh, Penn State when I was seeing the score coming up on, and I was like, oh, how yeah. long do I how long do I wait to say something? I didn't want to jinx it, uh, but I figured by it got by the time I got to the last four minutes or so, I was. Uh, I mean, was obviously, safe. as an alum, I'm really proud of of you know the success they've had, but I'm even more proud of that you know we've been able to send them three guys that are making an impact in those games. I mean. All of them are scoring, they're contributing, they're playing on offense, they're playing on defense. Um, so it's pretty neat to see three guys from New Hampshire having an impact at the, at the D1 level. And a couple of, um, I believe, a couple of girls there, too, or a couple on the, with the women's team as well. Um, Lucy Licata uh, yeah. Yeah, um, from, from Dairyfield, she's there right now. Charlotte yeah. Marston and, and Alex Larrabee, both yeah. um, They were both all down, there. there was a couple yeah. of nice pictures. They were all down at Harvard the other day. It was a tough game at Harvard, but like they, they were all, they got together and uh, with some of the, their former coaches and nice picture on social media there. And, where they're playing yeah um yeah you mentioned a couple other a couple other guys that i guess were had finally kind of fallen under my radar that that have been been um yeah having I mean, early early se- big early seasons too. yeah locally i mean umass lowell off to an zero and two start but riley lawhorn and curtis red from sauhegan they're they're I, they gotta be are they they gotta be i think they're seniors this year i'm pretty sure they're seniors they were they the were senior they were seniors in the the and what would have been the 2020 season there you go so so yeah yeah um, they're, you know, they're contributing, playing well there. Um, and then, you know, we, we always talk about Bryant. It seems like they always, always have New Hampshire guys, but, uh, Mason Drew and Hunter's brother is off to a hot start there. And Nate, I mean, Nate had, Nate Liberty had an incredible game the other day. Um, you know, he is playing really well at the face off X. Um, it's finally his, you know, his time, time to, to take it and run with it. And, and he's dominating right now. Yeah. It's, uh, I know every, every time I see someone's committed to, to Brian, I think I text you and I say something like Bryant University at New Hampshire or something like that, or the the new I, I can't I can't remember it now. But I mean, back in the day, back in the day, we used to joke that it was it was Keene State, right? Everybody everybody would go to Keene State from New Hampshire, yeah. and uh, you know. But yeah, no, Bryant Bryant loves our players, and uh, you know they're producing for him, so it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, the other um, like D two D three, they start to pick up a little bit more over the next couple of weeks, right? They really haven't gotten into their yep. seasons as uh, much. Yet. You know, we watched Southern New Hampshire had an opening game the other day. They dropped a they dropped a tough one in overtime the other day, but they're they're back in action. Um, you know, St. A's is looking really strong this year. Uh, they had a I now I'm blanking on their score, but they had a they had a good scrimmage with Dartmouth the other day. Um, I don't believe they've opened. I think they open up soon. Um, you know, I, I think they're a contender in, in, um, in the NE10 this year. I, I, would be, I would be shocked if they didn't win. Um, you know, I think it's their time with both LeMoyne and Merrimack having moved up. Um, you know, the NE10 is going to be strong, but, like, they – I was really impressed when I've seen them play. They've, they've got midfielders that, that are D1 athletes. They've got a pretty complete roster there. Actually just uh, pulled up. Yeah, it looks like D2 started maybe a week or – yeah, this past week. Yeah, and so uh, you know they they're 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 getting ready. D three's had a, a whole host of games um, already where they they've been they've been playing. We've I've got some alumni playing in D three. I mean, you can't they, pretty much every weekend if you want if you wanted to wake up from about eleven a.m. and until seven o'clock at night, you you've got a full host of games every every weekend to watch. Um, you know, guys, we've talked about before. Cole Brahms at Rutgers, um, you know, he's doing his fifth year. He's doing his fifth year at Rutgers right now, facing off for them. Um, uh, Matt Licata had a huge game the other day for Villanova. They dropped a tough one to Yale as well, almost upset them there. He had four goals in the game. He's their leading scorer right now. And then, um, you know, how can we forget about Sean Cameron? Sean Cameron at Princeton right now. 
playing on one of their top lines at midfield. Um, and Prin- Princeton looks really strong right now. They're they're lighting up the the scoreboard right now. They're they're definitely going to be an Ivy contender this year. Uh, I was going to say, with, in D two, looks like Franklin Pierce is off to a uh, a two nothing two and zero start. Yep. Um, yeah, a couple of guys having uh, good starts for them. Uh, Jackson Hale. Um, I'm I'm I, I'm drawing a blank on on um, on where he went, but. Uh, New Hampshire guy, uh, four goals, three assists for them in those first two games. Um, so they're off to a good start. So that's what I was I was trying to pull up D two stuff, um, and that was the first thing that popped up was that they've had a Franklin Pierce has got a couple games in, uh, and they're off to a, a good like I said good start there. There are so many opportunities now in D two for for uh, you know kids to go and play at a high level. Um, player you might remember for me that uh, played it played at Monmouth, did his four years at Monmouth, Johnny McLean. He's down in Newberry right now, and you know I knew nothing about Newberry. They're a top fifteen program down there. They're competing. They're competing for. Um, they play. Uh, give me one second here. They play uh, in a very. They play in that commit. They play in the SAC league down there. Um, it's Lenore Ryan, Limestone, uh, Catawba, Mars Hill. You know a bunch of bunch of schools that you know they're right in that mix there, and they're they're a top top fifteen school. So. Um, a lot of neat opportunities for our kids that want to go, you know, go south and maybe get out of the, <laughs> maybe get out of the cold and the the rainy, dreary weather up here in the Northeast a little bit. You know, I, I I've talked to I feel like every every this time of year every year I feel like I talk to coaches and parents and just anybody that's interested in high school sports about what does New Hampshire produce the most of where do the most D one athletes come from and and I and and maybe in over college athletes overall. And for the last, at least the last decade, maybe even longer, it's it's lacrosse. Like there are more, you know, D one uh, commits. I, I feel like in in lacrosse, and you know, I was thinking last year, just you know, I was at a random game. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember who it was, but I I can't think of it off the top of my head. You know, a, a random girls game, and um, not and not two teams that you know are, are consistent contenders. And the two girls that are taking the draw were both D one commits. On a Tuesday afternoon and and wherever I was, um, you know, how many other sports in the state do we have that? And I think people maybe outside of of the lacrosse community are maybe starting to notice that, too, because I hear more and more about it. If they they haven't already, I'm sure there are some, but um, it feels like it it should be we're continuing to get it um, on that path of it's more... um, they're recognized more for for the accompli- those accomplishments by, you know, people outside the community. Well, and I think also the help that you know lacrosse players, uh, you know, joked about you know lacrosse players jumping into the NFL or another player, right? But seeing more crossover guys have success, you know, they've played lacrosse and then they're you know with COVID and everything, they've been able to do you know, fifth years in, in play NCAA football or another sport after that. And people look at them like, wow, these aren't just specialized. Like, they don't just have a specialized skill set. Like, these guys are really good athletes, and they could play another sport if they want to. I think that's what's really helping to kind of legitimize the, um, you know, our, our sport is that these athletes can play, you know, we're, we're seeing them pop up on, on other teams after they're done playing uh, lacrosse there. So, 
you know, and, and it helps too that you know schools like like Bryant and Merrimack. I mean, if you look at Merrimack's roster, it's littered with guys from around here, right? And they're playing at a high level in Division Two. Henry Vote was uh, Player of the Week not so long ago. It's it's hard to believe we have a Player of the Week in February, but um, you know, like uh, it's it's there. And so you know, those guys getting recognized on a national stage. A lot of these games are getting played on on um, you know ESPN and other other channels that are broadcast throughout nationally. So um, that's you know. It's shining a great light on New Hampshire. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know any other uh, any other off season indoor winter thoughts. I don't know what you want to how you want to phrase it. What we're doing right now, but um, any any other any other thoughts you got to get off your chest before we uh, we say farewell until uh, till mid March. Well, I'm excited. Just what I've seen from indoor so far, like I it, it is really really competitive. And I, I know I can only speak for the the Bedford League that that we run over there. Um, but the teams, you know, we have a we have a ton of teams that that essentially have their entire roster playing um, that will be playing in the NHI league in the spring, and every, there are a lot of really good teams right now. I think Division Three is going to be really competitive. D two, D one, um, you know, it's kind of neat to see the teams that traditionally have large rosters like a like a BG split up into two teams or things like that, and then you know, um, just seeing you know Bedford's looked really strong. Um, Londonary, Exeter, Pinkerton, like there, there are going to be some really good games this spring, um, and I'm I'm just excited to get started talking about it again in the next couple of weeks. I feel like it's hard, you know, collectively you can see some things, but it's hard to. I know we've it always is a different about game. It. It's hard to yep. talk. It's apples to oranges a little bit in terms of the team sense, but, but individual individuals, yeah, it stands out. There have certainly been some individuals that I've been. It's tough to know who's who, but you know right. there have been some teams where it's like. I don't know who that kid is, but he looks really good, and I'm, you know, we're gonna keep an eye on, on that to see how things kind of develop, um, at, you know, as we get closer. Yep, to obviously, that. you know, the the games it's it's a bigger, it's more spread out uh, during the spring, things like that. You you got faceoffs after every goal, um, you know, defenses can do some different things, but you know, you really get a look. Indoor really gives you a, a look at the depth and the talent that are on teams, and then then coaches figure out how to use that at that point, right? But you can kind of see the potential of a lot of teams and. Um, I think a lot of teams should feel really confident and have, uh, you know, um, and just feel like they've got a shot coming into the spring this year. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that should just about do it for us. Uh, for I'm this, hungry, uh, Joe. Let's go get some lunch. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, so yeah, just uh, to give everyone a reminder, we're going to come back. Uh, first podcast will be available on March 14th. Um, of course, practices start on March 18th, and then we jump uh, right into things. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a three-week preseason, but it'll be over before you know it. We'll be in the games and really looking forward to it. And, and, and thank you for everyone out there that's been, you know, that, that tells me you listen to it and how much you enjoy it. We really enjoy doing it, so we're really happy to hear that that, um, that everybody out there is uh, taking part, listening, and, and enjoying what we've got. Uh, sometimes what we have, you know, are, are, are things we have to say. Well, we'll do it again soon, Joe. Thanks again for stopping right. by and having me this week. Yeah, he is Chris Hetler. I'm Joe Marcellina. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks.